the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. This Thursday afternoon is so beautiful out here in Southern California. Always good to be with you. We're on every day from 3 to 5, weekdays, I should say. And uh, I think we're on Saturdays now, too, part of the show. So if you're listening to KKLA on Saturdays in Los Angeles, you can hear this program, uh, part of it. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number if you want to join the conversation. Uh, one of the other big stories of the day is uh, Brittany Griner is convicted in Russia of um, you know her her crime that she was convicted of. It's not just possession of of marijuana, which she had very very little of. Turns out, uh, it is more like trafficking, and uh, nine years she was convicted for that. And so with that, we'll talk about that for a little bit, and I'll update you on who she is and what. That story is about, if you're not sure why that's on your news, uh, we've talked about this on our program today, but here's the, before, but here's the question that I have for you today. What is justice? You know, what do you think it is when you hear justice, or maybe you hear the term social justice, what does that mean to you? And what, what is, what is it supposed to be from a biblical standpoint? The Bible has a lot to say about justice. It's a, it's a big deal what the Bible says about justice. It should be not just a concept, but it is a a work that we are supposed to be a part of. And when we think about justice, maybe we think about it in different terms. We think about justice that happens in a court of law. And all right, stay on hold. We'll get to your calls here in just a minute. And um, um, what I was saying about the contacts, is it bad to keep wearing your contacts longer? I wear the monthlies the uh, monthly contacts, and I'm on about day 45. I have some other ones in the mail, but I do think they're getting a little crusty. <laughs> it's sort of like, uh, you, you know, you're supposed to change your, uh, I usually put about five weeks on them. I try to, you know, push that out a little bit. I figure if they tell you four weeks, well, they want to make some money, so um, they'll probably last a little longer. Um, it's like your razors. Do you, uh, you're supposed to change your razor, what, every week or something like that? You know what happens is you buy a new set of razors, and you do. You change it every week or every two weeks or however often you think until you're down to like that last one, which lasts 19 months. And pretty soon it's not even cutting the hairs. It's just pulling them right out of your face. And, uh, you know, that's that's I'm uh, I, I'm down to maybe two on uh, that one. All right. So I think if you're hearing me, I'll try to get back to the uh, justice conversation. Can I take a phone call or should I wait on that? All right, so I'm going to go to your calls here. Thank you for holding on. Um, Joel in L.A., welcome to Southern California Live. Can you hear me all right, Joel? Yes, I can. All right, thank you for hanging on through my uh, stream of consciousness as we begin Hour 2 here on a Thursday. It's kind of a Monday thing that just happened there. Yeah. All right, Joel, we were talking about justice before I started talking about the injustice of disposable contacts and razors. Mm. What are your thoughts about justice? Uh, uh, just two things really quickly. Uh, if if you understand 
that uh, the Bible, that the Scripture is the authority of the Word of God, you know that you cannot separate uh, justice from judgment. They go together. So when you have a, a foundational component of justice, there is, whether you like to hear it or not, there is judgment that must be carried on with that, or else it's very difficult to even define it. And the second, and I'll let you go for your thoughts as well, is that uh, often we think that when justice is delayed uh, for simple lack of patience or for any other any other word you might want to call it, we think that justice delayed is justice denied, and it's not. Uh, sometimes justice uh, has to take form, um, and it takes time for it to actually be actualized. Those are my thoughts. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Joel. Thanks for calling and hanging on there with us at in Southern California Live. The number, if you want to call, is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. And uh, before some technical issues, I brought up the Brittany Griner issue, and we didn't talk about it too much. I'll explain more in just a moment. But um, the question I asked is this, is what is justice? And the reason I think it's a good conversation is because we talk about justice a lot in our society, and we are talking about it in different contexts. You know, what is social justice? What is biblical justice? From a Christian standpoint, how should we view justice? And getting to Joel's comments, justice is definitely a part of of who God is and part of his character, right? That justice is going to be served. If you read through the Bible, one of the themes is that Justice is coming, that Jesus, when he comes a second time, is coming as the judge, uh, okay? He is going to judge the world, and that is the role he's going to play. There will be judgment. You have uh, the great white throne in the Scriptures, and that is the seat of judgment, and there's really two different judgment thrones, the great white throne and the Bema seat, and the the great white throne is the place where you find out your eternal destination. Do you go to heaven or hell? And there's some differences of opinion about whether or not Christians will be there. If Christians are at the scene of the great white throne, then they're going to be proclaimed innocent because they have Christ and they will go into to heaven. Um, but the idea is that Jesus is the judge. And that's important for us to realize that God is the judge because what's happened in our culture C.S. Lewis actually pointed this out a long time ago, that what we have done is we have, in our intellectual capacity, we have decided that God is not the judge. We're the judge of God. And so what's happened is instead of us believing that God is the judge and the final um, one who gives what is true, that we have that authority. And if, if we think that we're the judge and God is actually on trial— then what we're going to do is we're going to go to the Word of God and we are going to judge whether or not we think it's true, whether or not we think it is right. And this is where a lot of the upside-down problems happen in our culture is that if I decide that what the Scriptures clearly say is not true and I live accordingly, the problem is is that I'm wrong and reality is going to get me because reality is persistent. And it's either going to get me in the, the physical reality that I live in or in the spiritual reality that sin is going to cause harm. See, scripturally, sin is sin, and whatever sin touches, it's going to die. It's going to kill it. Sin is going to is what causes harm in our life. But if I decide something's not sin and I decide I'm going to continue down the path of doing that sin, eventually the spiritual reality of that sin is going to hit me because you can't avoid it. But 
I've made that decision that sin is not sin by putting myself on the great throne and not the Lord. The other throne, by the way, is the uh, the Bema seat that uh, everybody who's a Christian will be at. That's where our lives are judged. We're still we still get everlasting life, but that's where our lives are judged, and God will hand out their rewards. If He's going to say, "Well done, good and faithful servant," that's where He's going to say it. Maybe to some of us, He's going to say, "You made it by the skin of your teeth," you know, uh, or something like that. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. You're listening to Southern California Live. The number, if you want to join the conversation, is eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Uh, Joel asked about justice, and it's important that we recognize that God is a God of justice. But the other side of it that we have to consider is this. God is also a God of mercy. And you can't have justice without mercy. They go hand in hand. Justice and mercy are are two things that we are called to have as believers, to love justice, to do justice, and love mercy. See, mercy is when somebody is very guilty. They're dead to rights guilty but you give them grace, but you give them a lesser sentence, or you let them go. And mercy is something that a judge can give uh, and who has the authority to give it. Um, And mercy is something that you want when you're guilty, right? When you're guilty of something, you want mercy, you want grace, that's when you want it. When you're the judge, when you're the one who is the decider of something, sometimes it's hard to give mercy. It's really hard to give mercy. And mercy gets complicated because when when is mercy justified. Like, when does giving mercy justice? See, in our justice system, when you have a sentencing phase, in our justice system, a sentencing phase, and people will argue this is a first offense, or you bring in character witnesses who talk about you're really a good person, and you try hard, and you give money to Toys for Tots, or you do whatever it is you do, you go to church. What you're trying to do is get mercy from that judge who might have, you know, a whole way of sentencing you. Maybe you're going to get 30 days already served. Maybe you're going to get five years. So getting back to the Brittany Griner thing, is it just that she got nine years in prison for doing something that probably would not have imprisoned her in most of the world? Is she guilty? Probably she's guilty. Uh, There's a lot of, you know, guilty in the sense of, did she have that material on her? Yes. Did it break Russian law? Yes. Um, but is her sentence of nine years in prison just? So Brittany Griner, if you don't know who she is, she is a WNBA star, and she is a uh, two-time WNBA Defensive Player of the Year. So she is a star in the WNBA, and she was found guilty on drug charges in Russia, sentenced to nine years. She's been in Russian custody and in the news uh, since February, I think this became a much bigger story, maybe uh, shortly after, um, maybe around uh, April. And it's a really big story because there are many different components. So this isn't just an American who went overseas, who broke a law, who is being accused. She is a player for the Phoenix Mercury, if you follow the WNBA. Um, there are a lot of different components to, to this story. One is the war in Ukraine. Our government has determined that she is being held basically as a political prisoner. And we're not calling her a hostage. That's not really the right term because she did break a law. So she is in the airport. She's coming home and she has basically a liquid cannabis that is part of uh, the vaping contraption. And it's not very much. And it's something that maybe she uses for her own whatever. And you can have different opinions about that. But in Russia, it's totally illegal. 
And she's convicted not just of possession, but of with the intent to distribute or to traffic it. So in which makes no sense, which is not really just the idea that in it's basically a teaspoon, I think, amount is what they said. How are you going to traffic a teaspoon of cannabis, cannabis oil? How are you going to traffic that? How much money are you going to make in rubles uh, on that out there? It's totally unjust. The Russian system, by the way, and this is where this story gets very uh, interesting also. The Russian system is not one that's known for justice. In fact, if you're brought up on charges, whether you're guilty or not, if they bring charges against you, Russian attorneys say that you should expect to be convicted, that whatever the reason is, whatever the evidence says, you're going to be convicted that they typically don't bring charges that result in an acquittal. There is no jury. There is no guaranteed defense. She had a Russian defense attorney and she made some defense, um, but there is um, no sense that of fairness in that system, and that is a pretty big deal. And so when she's convicted today, our government would say, and our values, I think, as Americans would say that that system of justice is not just. This is Elizabeth Rood. She is the ambassador uh, to Russia in Moscow. This is what she had to say today. Let me start that over. We get that okay? All right. Today, U.S. citizen athlete Brittany Griner, who is admired by millions of fans in the United States as well as here in Russia, was sentenced to nine years in prison for nothing more than an intentional oversight. This is a miscarriage of justice. The U.S. Department of State has determined that Ms. Griner is wrongfully detained. Nothing in today's decision changes that determination. Together with consular officers from the U.S. Embassy here in Moscow, I attended every session of Ms. Kreiner's trial. We will continue to be closely engaged in this case. We will remain in frequent contact with Ms. Kreiner and with her legal team. Secretary of State Lincoln, President Biden's, uh, the, uh, President Biden's national security team, and the entire American government remain committed to bringing Ms. Kreiner home. All right, so I'm not sure if you're hearing that too well, but that is our ambassador in Russia, Elizabeth Rood, who went to all of the sessions of the trial and is proclaiming the sentence unjust and um, that uh, she is going to fight to bring her home. So Brittany Griner, this basketball player, is convicted of of holding on to uh, – of having cannabis – with her in cannabis oil. It's convicted really of trafficking when she had no intent of trafficking. There's nothing just about this. There is nothing here that is just. Now, when you add to this the intrigue of the war in Ukraine, so she gets arrested right about the time of the invasion of Ukraine. And this is why a lot of people in our government believe that she is being held for political purposes. That's one angle to it. Another angle to it is that she has been an outspoken critic of the justice system in the United States, as a lot of athletes have, kneeling for the national anthem and different things like that. And, you know, this is something that we should all take a look at. And as much problem as we have in our justice system, whatever you want to say that is, we are so blessed to be in the United States. In the United States, you know, there you get a jury trial. You get a chance to produce your defense. You get an appeal. You get all kinds of ways to actually deal with the accusation of a crime if you've been accused of a crime. 
And yes, in our system, you might have times where it is unjust or where you weren't able to actually state your case uh, because sometimes we just you plea out just so you don't have to go through the misery of the trial, and, and uh, that happens an awful lot. Also, in our country, you you know, you might have different problems here and there, and we certainly have had issues of, of injustice when it comes to race and other things. But our problems are incomparable when we consider what's going on in, in Russia. Our problems are incomparable when we consider what happens around the world. And so that is another area of intrigue with the story. It's why it's in the news. It's one of the – it is international. And there is another angle we'll talk about here in a minute about how to get her out. And our government is is prepared to make a trade for her, which happens a lot. Governments will often trade uh, convicted criminals uh, to other countries. Uh, we're thinking about trading um, an arms dealer, a Russian arms dealer that we have here in the United States. And we'll talk about that here in just a moment uh, when we come back. My question to you is, when you consider all of these things, what is justice? What is justice look like for Brittany Griner? What is justice in general? And biblically speaking, when we hear the word justice or we hear social justice or other terms using justice, what are the things we should be thinking about? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. And we will be back as the Thursday edition continues in just a moment. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow, your host. Great to be with you on this Thursday afternoon. I'm asking the question, what is justice. And uh, what's prompted that is the Brittany Griner conviction in Russia today. Nine years. She got nine years in prison for carrying a teaspoon worth of cannabis oil with the suggestion that she maybe intended to uh, to traffic it. How do you traffic a teaspoon of anything? Uh, that was not obviously what she was going to do. And I don't know a lot of the detail about whether she knew it was illegal to have that there are a lot of different opinions about what the um, Soviet – I always say Soviet. It's kind of the same, isn't it, though, isn't it? Like you can change the flag, but there's a lot of things that are still the same. What the Russians um, are doing is this – would they have searched her bag at all at the airport but for the war in Ukraine and our role in uh, bankrolling it and sending weapons, which had, the war had just started right about the same time? Is this – all political about the war and putting Putin putting his thumb in Biden's eye. A lot of people say that. Anyway, she got nine years for a very minor, minor offense. And is that justice? And then what does justice mean? We use the word justice all the time. And we have social justice and we hear justice here, social justice warriors. There's justice a lot. Um, what are we talking about when we talk about justice and how should a Christian take a look at the issue of justice. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. This is Brittany Griner at her trial right before sentencing. I want to apologize to my teammates, my club, Genka, the fans in the city of Decat, my mistake that I made and the embarrassment that I brought on. I want to also apologize to my parents, my siblings, Phoenix Mercury organization back at home, the amazing women of the WNBA, and my amazing spouse back at home. I never meant to hurt anybody. I never meant to put in jeopardy the Russian population. I never meant to break any laws here. I made an honest mistake, and I hope 
that in your ruling that it doesn't end my life here. All right, that was Brittany Griner speaking to the court in Russia. She's standing behind these, uh, you know, white bars like she's in. She has been in prison since February in Russia, and uh, she was given nine years. Uh, and she made that statement at the end. You know, I thought her the comment she made there. I'm sure somebody wrote it down, and I'm sure an attorney said this is what you need to say. Blah blah blah. But I thought she sounded sincere uh, with those those comments. You know, what does it do to you in uh, four months over there? What worried me about those comments for her is the comment, uh, end my life. You know, it'll end her basketball career if she's over there for nine years, uh, probably. But uh, hopefully not her life, and hopefully uh, there's, you know, a better part to this story. Uh, what is justice? 888-528-2557. We were talking about this also from a biblical context. Uh, the Bible says a lot about justice. The most popular verse or the most common verse is from Micah, Micah 6, 8. It's known as the Micah mandate. It's the idea like, what does God really want from us? And it says, he has told you, O man, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. Some translations will say, do justice and love mercy and walk humbly with your God. Mercy is is such a hard thing because you feel like maybe with mercy, I'm letting somebody off the hook. But mercy is a part of the character of God. He had mercy on us. See, that's the thing with, with Christianity is that we are dead to rights guilty in our sin. We deserve everlasting separation from God. That's what the Bible says about cosmic justice, that that is what we deserve. But God had mercy on us and sent his one and only son to die for our sins. That's that's mercy. That's grace. It's unmerited favor, and it's part of God. But don't be thinking that also God doesn't have justice. See, justice will be done. That's what uh, the Bible ends up with. Read through the book of Revelation. I encourage people to do that all the time. Just take you a couple hours, read through it. You won't understand lots of it. And don't get stuck. Just keep reading if you don't understand. But you will understand the main point. You read that book in a couple hours and you won't understand, you know, every passage or what this means, but you will have a very certain idea of how time ends and what God is going to do and uh, what justice is and how it's going to be done. It's not ambiguous. And when you read it also and you just take a look at history and you take a look at the players in the scripture and what happens at the end times, it's not just the book of Revelation. There's actually more in the Old Testament about the second coming of Christ than the first, actually. Because justice is going to be done, the promises of God will be upheld to uh, Israel and uh, to martyrs and to others. And it all wraps up very, very neatly. And what you notice when you watch the news is history is barreling toward the point of God's justice. 888-528-2557 is the number. Tom, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, yes. I wanted to um, make a comment about the Brittany Griner's story. Yeah. And so, well, anyway, um, being that, of course, she's saying that she didn't have any intent of uh, doing trafficking. But the thing is, is it's it's well known, as you were stating, that Russia is very harsh on in their way of justice. You know, very different from the United States. But uh, Brittany Griner is a big name, uh, an athlete that is traveling to Russia. And if anything was to happen, which did, 
were wound up being um, put in jail for to be like whatever, how many, nine something mm-hmm. or other? Nine years. Uh, nine years. And um, I, uh, whether you had any intent of doing anything traffic-wise, the thing is it still was found uh, on her. And just because there was a little bit, that could have been anything that caused it to be just a little bit. Possibly. Do you feel like it's? Not, do you feel like that whatever she that what she had on her is enough for nine years when there's no other place in the world other than maybe uh, China well, or some other country where they would have a political motivation where she would have that kind of conviction? Is that I justice? I don't think it necessarily constitute a political mo- motivation. You don't think that the um, Russians are politically um, motivated with um, her? China or anything else. Because we don't know what happened prior to her being found with just a little bit on there. There could have possibly been two pounds of the marijuana okay. already but handed we, off. To but we don't, they didn't mention that in the trial. So there's, there's no evidence of any of that. I think that the, the evidence that's there is... A whole bunch of it was smoked um, up already before they well, found it on. All right, Tom, I appreciate that. I don't, I don't think we can add you know, things that aren't there. You know, and the the Russians didn't add to it. The Russians um, basically said, "No, this is what we found." That small amount. They didn't accuse her of, you know, having a whole bunch of extra. I suppose she could have used some, you know, while she was there. That's, uh, you know, certainly possible. But really, I'm asking the question: Is this justice? Is this something that you know? Are we going to take the attitude? Well, you know, you do the crime and you 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 do the time. Is that the attitude that we should have over this and how do we define justice what i'm what i'm actually worried about concerned about i don't want to say worried it's just the way of the world is the redefinition of justice in general that we are having around the world so you know i don't think that she deserves 9 years uh i think that definitely is a political motive and i was skeptical about that originally about whether it's political because i think she's guilty of breaking the law i don't understand why there wasn't you know, and I don't know if she was instructed. Uh, she went over there to play basketball. I don't know if she was instructed by her group not to bring anything like that. Usually, you know, you take a trip somewhere to a country like that, and you get some very serious instruction. I used to have a job where part of my job was to hand that out. I had a booklet, and a part of my job was to send that to business people who were going overseas to different countries. And I was working for a, a country or a company that worked. We sent people all over the world. And there were some countries where that booklet that I sent was pretty frightening. It would say things like, do not ever leave your hotel for any reason. If you go to this country, do not leave your hotel. If you go to this country, do not talk about terrorism with anybody. Do not have a conversation. Do not, there was, you know, don't go to this country if you're a woman, it actually said. If you were an executive for this country and you were a woman, that book said, don't go. Uh, you are going to be in danger. There's a lot of danger out there. So I wonder why it is, you know, did she just, did she just discard a warning and take that stuff anyway? Was she not warned? Um, you know, I think there's a lot to speculate there, but even if you, even if you put it in its worst light, I think even if you say, so I would, if you, if you say, well, she just, she was warned and she just has an attitude problem. And so she brought this stuff over there anyway. You know, or maybe she doesn't believe the Russians are that bad and she thinks that's just American propaganda. Because uh, there's a lot of younger people who think that today. It's, it's terrifying 
if you're old enough to remember the Cold War and communism and what that is, and is Russia a communist country? I don't think they're much different, you know, as far as their their system goes uh, than they were before. It's just stated differently. The justice system certainly isn't good. I don't think nine years is just. And it just leads me to what is what is justice? 888-528-2557. Maybe you disagree uh, with that. 888-528-2557. Brad in Redondo Beach, welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, Scott, thank you so much. Yeah, I heard you talking about justice and um, Freddie Griner. I'm and the previous caller kind of referencing her being a big name. Um, I think a lot of people forget when they travel overseas uh, that our liberties and freedoms don't don't necessarily translate and they don't uh, uh, follow you to these foreign countries. And so I'm, I was I, I was praying for actually I feel horrible for her that she was, you know, that she's in that position and that she's been held there. But our idea of justice in the United States is completely different from from that in, you know, other parts of the, the world. Right. And that's something that's special about being an American. I think you're, you're right that I think maybe, and maybe this is a product of where we are educationally in our country. And I thank you for your call, uh, Brad. Um, when I was a younger person and I traveled overseas, I was made very well aware of and we I went to I didn't go to Russia, but I, I did go to East Germany when it was a communist country. Uh and it was scary. I talked about that a couple of days ago. And noticeable the just going from West Berlin to East Berlin, total different world, completely different world. And the only difference is government. The only difference is justice system. Uh, the, the only difference is the attitude towards justice and what that is and where it comes from. And that's why it's important for us to grasp this. All right, I didn't get to it in this segment, but the there is a trade that is being proposed by President Biden for Brittany Griner. And the trade is for uh, Brittany Griner and uh, also there's another American named Paul Whelan who's over there who you probably haven't heard of because he just has not made the news, but he's been over there for 40 months and on a charge of espionage, he claims that charge is false. Uh, Biden, President Biden, is trying to get him out and Brittany Griner. But the trade uh, is for a guy named Victor Bout, who is a convicted Russian arms trafficker in the United States, serving 25 years in the United States prison. Um, is that trade just for those two people? Some people might say yes. Some people would say no. Justice begins to get kind of complicated when we look at it this way, doesn't it? 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live, and I'll be right back for your calls as soon as Southern California Live continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live Thursday afternoon. So good to be with you. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. The number is 888-528-2557. There's a lot of issues of concerning justice. We're not going to get to all of them today. The subject of justice is a big deal. And the Brittany Griner case has been in the news a lot today. Was her sentence of nine years for having cannabis oil, about a teaspoon worth it of it, uh, was her sentence just? And what is justice? What does it mean to you? And spiritually, biblically, the word justice is throughout the Bible. 
and it is a command for Christians to do justice. And I think that we have uh, a problem that we often have with different words, that we are re- in a world where we're redefining them, right? You know, politically, we're redefining what a recession is, what a woman is, what gender is, all of those things. But we also are using a term like justice in different ways. There's there's justice that is distributive justice, and there's retributive how do you say it? Retributive, retributive justice. What we're talking about is, you know, justice for people who do wrong. What is justice? And then there's another kind of biblical justice, the idea of helping people who have needs, that there are people who are disadvantaged or people who have less than, and there is justice that is meant to be done. What is just? Is the Brittany Griner case just, considering that a lot of it has to do with the war, probably? A lot of it has to do, there's a lot of commentary on her attitude about the American justice system before. There are so many different components to this. How do we do what is fair and right? 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Carlos in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Yeah, I thank you for taking my call. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, ho- I hope this isn't what happened. I'm not saying this is or did or didn't happen, but um, I was incarcerated uh, overseas, mm. and I remember. Um, Where were you? You know, I was in El Salvador. Oh, okay. And this was years ago. I was a young man, and uh, you know, and wasn't being a good boy. But anyways, in jail, I remember talking to people and telling them about my case, and somebody told me, you know, you shouldn't be talking to anybody about your case. Like, because there's a lot of guys in here that are considered, you know, reliable informants or confidential informants that they will, you know, tell the judge or tell whoever uh, is in position to make points about your case. So that that information goes to people, the higher ups that, you know, that get this information and they utilize it to to kind of say, oh, you know, we got this information against this guy, you know, so we we know more than what he's saying mm-hmm. or than what he's pretending to say or be. So how did that so, affect you? Well, it affected me to the point where, you know, they pulled me out and they said, um, you know, we have more information that you're disclosing to us. Um, you're not being honest. And I just at that point just clammed up. Yeah. And I, that's when I felt fear. You know, because over there, they'll they'll put a bullet in you and, you know, see you later. Um, so I just climbed up, and, and that's when I realized I need to keep my mouth shut. Don't say anything to anybody except to your attorney. No, nobody's your friend in there where you think, you know, I made a friend. I can tell him what happened, what really happened. And, you know, because you're vulnerable at that time. So you think you can disclose stuff about you know, right. what happened. And you you really don't have a friend and that friend later on you find out was telling them your secrets so this information i imagine gets to people that are not on your team do you feel like that was uh injustice done to you, you said uh, you were being a bad boy so you must have been guilty of something well i, I was drinking that day and i i was eating some cornflakes down the aisle and i was just acting dumb just being you know i was 23 years old okay and so 
one of the security guards say, hey, you know, you can't do that. And I said, well, I'm going to pay for it. And he got said something. I said something. We got into it. I got clobbered on the head. And they shackled me up, took me to jail. So when I was in jail, um, you know, I was telling the guys, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, so you told them you your know, story, and then they used it against yeah, you? Yeah, Did they yeah. use it in court? Yeah, they used it. Of course yeah. they're going to use it in court. Yeah. Because I said that they were the initiator that they're the ones that struck the first blow. How did it turn and, out for you, ultimately? Obviously, you got out. Well, ultimately, in, in some of those uh, these countries, you know, if your family has a little bit of money, you know, you can you can get out. So right. When I when I told my aunt, and that's some injustice right there that you just said. If your family has a little bit of money, you can right, get out. Right. That's not the way it ought to be. But that is the way it is, even here and to some extent. Right. If you got money, you're going to get a better attorney. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's half of the guys in jail. More than half of the guys in jail come from, you know, low income. Yeah. Because we don't, have, you know, we don't have the money to, to you know, hire uh, Johnny Cochran or whoever, you know. So, yeah. but the moral of that story is, you know, don't talk to anybody about your case, no matter if the guy seems to be a, yeah. a standard you, guy. Or what happened, though? Did you did you feel like at the end, and i got to go to the next call, but do you feel like that your yeah. case was ultimately handled with justice? Was justice done, or was it all un, unjust? No, uh, well, I, I feel that it, I was, I felt a little bit of an injustice, but at the same time, I have to realize that, you know, I wasn't an angel. You know, okay. I would, if, I, if I would have been in church, so, so there's a there's, there's a balance there, right? Okay, Carlos, I appreciate right. your call <laughs> and appreciate that very much. I've been in El Salvador and thought I was going to jail once in El Salvador just for uh, handing out Bibles, actually, uh, and being a missionary. It was a school that told that story before. It's a it's a frightening thing to be in another country in a different system of justice and wonder if you're going to get justice. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Granada Hills. Uh, who's this? Hi, Granada Hills. I don't have a first name unless your name is Granada Hills. Oh yes, Shalomine. Hi, what's your name? Shalomine. Oh, okay. Well, welcome to Southern California it's Live. Like it's like Paul Minas, but it's Phil All right. <laughs> According to my business sisters, anyhow. Yes, we went to Russia. We were on a cruise, my sister, my friend, and I. And when we got to Russia, the first time we went, you know, you have to be checked into their custom thing. They took a copy of our passport, and uh, then we were allowed to go in and, and continue with the cruise, the um, tour that we were with. So the first thing that happened was the fact that my friend had a white leather coat. And the lady, uh, you know, was looking at that white leather coat, but you're not allowed to go into the air museums or anything with any purses, anything. Okay? Right, okay. So uh, that was confiscated. And when we left, they said we'd get it back. Well, when we left, they would not give her coat, her leather coat back. And I was kind of mad about it. But then the uh, tour guide said, if you know it's good for you, you'll leave now. And my friend and my sister, of course, and the tour guide ushered me out. I was really kind of mad, even complaining on the bus, and they told me to shut up. Mm-hmm. Then we went to another part of Russia, and, and we were told, do not leave my presence. 
I'm running out of time here a little bit. Do you have? Uh, did you ultimately get in trouble, or did you just experience a whole lot of uh, scary well, threats? One, one lady got in trouble. She was arrested. An elderly lady that was confused, and uh, we never got the leather coat back. We never got the passport back. The yeah, copy of the passport. All right. I appreciate your call. I'm running out of time here. Appreciate your call, and thank you for that. You know, it's a, it's just a different experience, and I think that there's a couple of things when it comes to American justice. You know, I think that it's important that we recognize that with all the internal discussion we need to have about it and taking a look at our system, our system is still very great. And that's why people still come here is is the rights that we have are unique and our experience is unique. And with whatever flaws we've got, we've got them. That's fine. But we should not underestimate or miss the blessing that we have. It's a longer discussion on justice, a big one that we need to to have more often because the word is used so often. But as Christians, we also need to recognize that biblical justice, it's not just about courts and right and wrong. Certainly God doesn't love wrongdoers. Isaiah 61, 8, for I love the Lord, for I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrong. All right. It is not something that God likes when people do wrong or the people are are excused from their wrongdoing in a justice system um, for bad reasons. But the other way that justice is talked about is how we love one another. And we are told over and over again to do the work of justice. And the best way to think about that is to think about loving your neighbor. That ultimately, our ability to love our neighbor, our call to love our neighbor, to love our neighbor as ourselves. That is the root of doing justice. And our neighbor might be a person who is different than us, a person who has a different background, a person who in that love, maybe they need to get in trouble, but maybe they need mercy. In every case, they need to know that God has had mercy on us through Christ. That's why we have him. And that God is a God of justice where things are all going to work out eventually. I got to go. We're done for today. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. We'll see you tomorrow at three o'clock. Open line Friday tomorrow. God bless you. Have a great night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.